This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast. Boy, oh boy, day one has just concluded as I speak, and I just actually got off my TikTok live stream. If you guys haven't checked me out there, I went live on TikTok talking about day one and the craziness that came from it and uh, got a pretty good uh, response. Got a, a decent amount of viewers on the on the live stream and I appreciate everybody coming on. And if you'd like to join us there, head on over to, to uh, TikTok and search out the WWE podcast. We are there and we had a lot of fun, a lot of good questions, a lot of good things I didn't think about and uh, invite you to invite you over there. Uh, invite you also to go ad free on Apple Podcasts. Just click subscribe or on Patreon, click subscribe there and just search us out the WWE podcast. You'll, you'll see the ad free options if you are just over the ads and you don't want to have to skip through or deal with any of that. Uh, but nonetheless, let's just jump into it. Guys, Brock Lesnar's WWE champion. I didn't say universal. I said WWE. So the, the sequence of events here, let's un, let's unfold them. Roman Reigns at about six o'clock Eastern time puts a tweet out and says that he has tested positive for COVID and that he obviously wants to be there to defend his championship and so forth. Can't be there. That match is gone out. The main event of WWE's show gone in its place. Vince decides to stick WWE legend Brock Lesnar into this fatal four way, making a fatal five way. You know what? I have no problem with that. I don't need, I'm not going to rant about how does that happen? How did he not qualify? Did that doesn't make sense? I no, it makes perfect sense. He had a championship opportunity anyway, you know, plus the crowd you know, in person and at home would have been really disappointed to not see Brock Lesnar. I think, um, love him or hate him. He's a star that commands your attention. So Brock Lesnar is inserted into this match. And most people are thinking to themselves, well, cool. We get to see Brock Lesnar in this matchup, hit some F5s, hit some Germans, and ultimately come uh, come out of this with a loss, not being pinned or submitted, of course, but not being involved in the decision, with Big E likely retaining or Seth getting the championship. And that's not what we got. (laughs) We got Brock Lesnar coming out as the last participant. KO and Seth jumped on him early. They got a whole bunch of Germans for their trouble. And then F, um, not F5s, yeah, but he got speared by Bobby on the outside through the barricade and uh, then got taken out again by Seth and KO. And then Brock Lesnar finally took over into that matchup. And you knew once he came back from the outside, there was going to be hell to pay. And boy, was there. Everybody, I think everybody except Lashley, he hit with an F5. And I'll get to Lashley in a minute in terms of what I think's coming. But Brock Lesnar hits an F5 on everyone except Lashley, and uh, he ends up winning. He ends up pinning not just anybody, but the WWE champion himself after an F5, a second F5, to Big E. And Big E goes down one, two, three. And that, to me, was very telling. 
not just that Brock Lesnar just pinned anybody, but he pinned the champion himself. People have been asking me, they asked me on the live stream, on Twitter, why? Why did they not protect Big E? Because I assume they would protect Big E. You probably did too. Here's the answer. Since Brock Lesnar was inserted into this matchup and since Vince McMahon decided to make him champion, the way to get away from the logical Big E versus Brock Lesnar matchup that Big E would have a stake to claim in is to have Brock pin the champion himself. Now, see, here's the thing. If Brock Lesnar pinned anybody else, you would have Big E coming out saying he wasn't involved in the decision that he has. You know, he basically has a stake to claim that he he's owed a rematch. But by having Big E not protected and getting pinned clean by Brock, that argument becomes much less substantial given that Brock beat the champion himself with no funny business. So they want to move away from Brock and, and Big E and get to the actual main event here. And that is Mr. Almighty. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. That's where they're going for this, with this too. And it's confusing, right? Because now you have Brock Lesnar as WWE champion, which is a part of Monday Night Raw. However, Brock Lesnar is a free agent and he can move between brands as he wishes, but he has Roman Reigns to still contend with. And don't know anybody out there thinking that they're not going to continue it with that storyline. I mean, it's, it's going to continue. Okay. And Roman will likely be cleared this Friday, if not at the very latest next Friday, assuming there's no complications with his cancer. Obviously I, I don't think there are. And his cancer, I believe is in remission. Um, I don't know of any other drugs or any, I don't know anything about his health and nor should I, but, my point is that I would assume per CDC regulations, if you are anti-symptomatic or your symptoms are getting uh, substantially better or dissipating and you're vaccinated, you only need to quarantine for five days. That would mean that in six days, which is when the next SmackDown would be, Roman Reigns would be eligible to appear. So let's hope that's the case. I don't know, but I'm hoping. So, But that, that does confuse the story, right? Because we have Brock Lesnar, who is the WWE champion. And it's continuing the storyline with Romans on SmackDown. So the problem, here's, here's the thing. It may not be a problem because with Brock Lesnar being declared a free agent, that solves the problem of people being able to move between brands, of him being able to move between brands. Not that WWE ever really cared about this anyway, but at least there's that. And I makes me happy that they told you ahead of time that's what Brock is. Fine. Good. He can do what he wants. And he, as he said, Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants to do. And boy, is that so true. That's what is hilarious about that, about that statement. And he should make a t-shirt out of that, by the way, I would buy it in a heartbeat because it's, it's not just true on, on like a storyline level. It's true on a meta level. Like Brock Lesnar does and dictates whatever he wants to do. Like I can guarantee Brock Lesnar just completely just dictated the the terms and agreements of his of his contract with WWE. He doesn't need WWE. WWE needs him. Therefore, all the power is held in, in Brock Lesnar's hands. Anyway, my point about this story, I'm getting to it. Brock can still go to SmackDown, continue his program with Roman, get to this matchup at the Royal Rumble, and Bobby and Brock can be teased until it's time for them to go full head. In other words, here's what I think they're going to do. They have to clear up Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. They have to, right? To get to, assumingly, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. 
There's two ways to do this. Either you retain the championship, have Brock Lesnar keep the championship and face Brock uh, Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania where Bobby could beat Brock Lesnar or maybe Brock retains or at the Royal Rumble, you have Bobby Lashley versus uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns screws Brock, Le- uh, Brock Lesnar out of the WWE championship. Therefore, Brock no longer has the belt. And the program with Roman and Brock continues and builds to WrestleMania. So there are two options. Both are legitimate. It depends on where they want Brock Lesnar to be in a main event of WrestleMania. If the if the goal is to get to Roman versus Brock at WrestleMania, and I know what a lot of people are thinking, and I'm thinking it too. We've seen this so many times now. And to be able to build this or the, to um, try to build this for the next three months is going to be difficult to keep people's attention and people not deciding that we've seen enough of this. You know, it all depends on where Vince wants Brock. If it's the main event of Roman versus Brock, then you're going to have Roman screw Bobby or screw um, Brock out of the championship. He won't be WWE champion for long. He's going to drop it to Bobby Lashley at Rumble. It could be as soon as the Rumble. If they don't and they want Bobby versus Brock at WrestleMania, then what they're going to do is likely shore up this uh, program between Roman and Brock at the Rumble. And then they'll build to Roman and Bobby over the next several months to main, uh, WrestleMania. So there's really two paths. And honestly, I don't know which one they're going. Yeah, I thought I, I thought I knew. And then the more I think about it, I'm like, there's a case to be made, strong case to be made for both. So that is a that's a hell of a question. I'd love to know what you guys think about that. But the matchup was really good. So let's get back to day one. The match was really good between them. And really, all matches, almost every match was really good on the show. I got to give this show a, real, a thumbs up, even without Roman Reigns on it. It was it was a good show, really good show. And I think the crowd was into it. Uh, Atlanta really helped. And uh, the match up here, the main event, as I'm starting with, I thought was really well done. Everybody had their kind of hope spots, although it was really about the Roman Reigns, uh, Roman Reigns show, I got to say. Roman Reigns, or I'm wrong with Roman Reigns, <laughs> Brock Lesnar show. It was the Brock Lesnar show during this match. He he did suck the air out of the room, whether that's good or bad. If you love Brock Lesnar, that's a good thing. If you find it a little unfair to the rest of the competitors, it wasn't. But it was, you know, it wasn't the typical, oh my God, so-and-so is going to win the championship. So-and-so could win the championship. Each person has their moment. It didn't seem that way. It just seemed like uh, it was a Brock Lesnar heavy focused matchup. And it, it was hot, but that said, it was still really well done, really well done, hard hitting and uh, believable and timed very well. And I could have seen this go on another 10, 15 minutes. So, I, again, I really enjoy this. You notice that Brock Lesnar didn't get a single offensive maneuver on Bobby. Bobby got a couple of spears on him, but Brock got nothing on Bobby, nothing. So and the look that Bobby gave uh, Brock was fun. Uh, that, that was very telling at the end of the matchup. So that's that's uh, going to be something I guarantee they're building to 100%, either at Rumble or Mania. Or in between. There could be an odd pay-per-view that decided to blow this, uh, this main event on. But also another fun fact about this is that Brock Lesnar also ended the run of Kofi Kingston. Remember that? So now, now he has two for two in taking out the New Day, which makes Brock Lesnar my new father. Okay? He is my new, uh, my new uh, just adopted... Uh, 
I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a strong word. Cause I, I have no problems with my dad, but <laughs> he is uh, my new favorite person. Okay. I will say that uh, Brock Lesnar is now, uh, you know, number one in my life. He is my savior. He is my, uh, he is my shining beacon of light in my life. So that said, uh, let's move on though. Cause the rest of this matchup was really, the rest of the card was really good. Let's talk about Liv Morgan and uh, Becky Lynch. Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch had a better match than their first time around. That's that was I was hoping that would be the case, and this was the case. The crowd was very behind Liv. I love that video package they put together for Liv. Well, it wasn't new, it's still effective because it's so good. And it reminds you who Liv is and where she came from, being a, a family of six with a single mom and not knowing who she was and all that really good stuff. Uh, I love the Liv Morgan package. You know, it, it's so strong to me. And not that I grew up with six other people with a single parent, but still, it's not, I can't relate to it, but I can relate to it, if that makes sense, as a human being. So uh, Liv Morgan again and Becky had a really good matchup and very few botches until the end. And I believe this was a botch because Becky Lynch was struggling to find the bottom rope and couldn't. And as a heel, this would have protected Be- uh, protected Liv while also continuing to build heat on Becky. Instead, since Becky missed the the rope after hitting the manhandle slam, she effectively just made this a clean victory. And the announcers alluded to that, that Becky was trying to scrape for the bottom rope to gain that extra little bit of leverage, but couldn't get to it. So that meant that the, 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 uh, the finish had to be clean. That's not what you want to protect Liv and also gain heat on Becky. That That's a win-win. Instead, it's a clean victory, which puts credibility on Becky's shoulders and uh, erases a little bit of the steam that Liv had. I mean, it's a lose-lose here. Right? So I drew, really do believe that this was a botch on the part of Becky. And there's just no two ways about it. I, I really do believe that, which is a shame. It's a shame, but... The matchup itself was still very, very good. I mean, very good. There were some spots that you really believe Liv Morgan could win. She, her, her, the I don't even know the maneuver she did. Uh, th- there was a couple of maneuvers that she did that were just like, where did where did that come from? Where's that been all these years on the Riot Squad for God's sakes? You know, um, I nothing. I, I'd, I'd give this match like an A, A minus. I mean, it, it was it was so good, so good. Uh, Okay, let's move on, though, and um, let's get to a match that didn't happen. Shinsuke Nakamura uh, defending his Intercontinental Championship. Where the, where was that? <laughs> Non-existent. Gone. Off the card. COVID, I think, right? COVID's the king of excuses. But no, but it really could have been. I really I don't know for sure. But uh, no Intercontinental Championship match and an injury happened at the beginning of the show that I did not watch while it happened. And uh, that, of course, was the matchup between Sheamus and Ridge Holland versus Cesaro and Ricochet, where Ricochet accidentally, upon his standing 450 splash, need the face of Ridge Holland, who was on the mat, uh, breaking breaking his nose and um, putting him out. And Sheamus still ended up winning the matchup which should have happened anyway. But this goes to show you, and the announcers, Corey Graves, I believe, alluded to this too, is the showing you the risk of the style of Ricochet. Yeah. Yeah, see, 
this is the problem. While we all enjoy Ricochet on that superficial, cool, look at the next movement uh, level, it's superficial and it's also high risk, not just for the opponents, but also Ricochet himself. And you're also shortening your career with that type of style. You're, you're immediately upping the mileage exponentially and the risk. And the risk gets higher as you get older. It's just, there's no good reason to, to, to do all the things Ricochet does. It's not sustainable. But Sheamus ended up winning the match. Ridge Holland had to leave the match. And uh, I think that's the right, uh, right matchup or right outcome. SmackDown Tag Team Champions. The Usos defeat the New Day. And again, did you really expect anything else from these two? That these, these two teams have seen each other more than, I mean, Randy Orton and John Cena did during the uh, mid to late 2000s. I mean, it was, it, it was just a really good match. A uh, really good match. And again, I, I told you, as I crap on New Day all the time, their in-ring ability is second to none. So I have no problem there. And uh, a lot of great hope spots. The double Uso splash I thought was it, and it wasn't. Um, the, 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 the use of 3d was cool. Yeah. I got to say the use of 3d, we haven't seen 3d in years since the Dudley boys left WWE for good. And I'm glad to see it's back. It's a, it's a finish that yes, the Dudley boys use many, many hundreds of not thousands of times. I hope they don't bring out the tables and all that stuff. I, you just the 3d on its own is a fun move to see and, and, and watch. And uh, I, I really enjoy it. So having the Usos use that to pick up the victory, I'm all for. It was a fun matchup. The crowd was into it. But really, did you expect anything less from these four that have met many, so many times before? Madcap Moss versus Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre got the win. I was a bit surprised by that because I thought there was something more to this. We're missing something. There really wasn't. I mean, McIntyre and Madcap Moss had a, a much better match than I think most people anticipated them having. I did not anticipate them having this good of a match, and that's to the effort of Madcap Moss, Riddick Moss, who knew that this was clearly the match of his career right now against Drew McIntyre. And he he really came with his A game, showed us a lot more in the ring than he had in like all of his appearances put together. Drew ends up getting the victory, one, two, three, and then at the end, uh, I think it was a segment later, Drew was being interviewed by um, uh, Sarah Schreiber. Why is it so hard to say? I want to say Sarah Schreiber. Sarah Schreiber. And she uh, was going to ask him a question. I, I don't. He was asking or answering something. And then, of course, he gets attacked by Baron Corbin and Drew. Uh, or or uh, Riddick Moss, Madcap Moss. So Madcap Moss and Corbin attack him. Corbin puts a chair around the neck of Drew and uses some kind of steel scaffolding to slam it into the, to the, uh, to the chair, trying to break the neck of, uh, of, of Drew. Obviously does not succeed, but still ends up trying to injure Drew. This is a, just another extension of the program that we all thought was over, but it's not. <laughs> we get Drew McIntyre versus Corbin probably at rumble. So take that for what it's worth. And then drew can finally, finally get into a program after the next pay-per-view January 29th on Saturday at this premier live event. I'll get to that in a second uh, with Corbin. So people ask me, you know, did you notice premier live event? I did. It's about time that they rename the, the actual shows that are 
pay-per-views and I'm sure that we'll still say pay-per-view and that the announcers will slip up and say pay-per-view and that the promos will occasionally say pay-per-view and they said premier live event many times during the show they're trying to rebrand what what pay-per-view is it's just it's a semantics thing it's all uh, linguistics they're trying to just rebrand pay-per-view to premier live event which is is true right because the pay-per-view model has been dead for many years since the network debuted in 2014 the pay-per-view model has faded out quickly. And I, I, I don't know if you could still, although I've recently heard you could still actually buy pay-per-views on a single basis. Like who the hell's doing that? Like, I would love to talk to somebody that bought the day one pay-per-view, like on, 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 like a standalone pay-per-view. I'd love to talk to that person and how much they paid for it. But that model is dead for all intents and purposes. And it's streaming now. Everything's streaming. So, I understand why they rebranded it from pay-per-view to premier live event. It's a mouthful. Like pay-per-view spills out much quicker than premier live event. doesn't sound as good. So, okay. Um, let's see. Raw Tag Team Championship. RK Bro defeat the Street Profits. This one I was surprised by because I predicted that Randy Orton and Riddle would lose. That was until I saw who they were coming out with uh, MAGA or not MAGA. Oh jeez, I just, I'm not trying to get political. Um, who did they come out with here? It was the, the there was rappers uh, that I don't know who they are. I really have no idea. Uh, and they bring in these people that I have no clue about. And I'm, I'm just so just completely oblivious to the uh, hip hop world. I mean, I, I just am. So when I saw that and heard they were being introduced as the best group in the world i laughed okay the the best group in the world huh really uh okay is that past present or is it all encompassing are they a more successful group than oh i don't know the beatles now you may say that that's a completely different set of music and likely if you listen to this the beatles you don't you don't listen to this group and vice versa but i mean come on like you know whatever like it's just hilarious that they were introduced as that anyway they didn't really say or do much other than you know feel out of place and awkward and that's how most celebrities feel but when they came out with randy orton and riddle i said and I, tw- I put this on my discord server with uh, the other patrons i said guys when you see celebrities who have never been there before and are debuting for the first time on uh on a wrestling show and they're with somebody random, that person's going to win, or persons. And in this case, it's exactly what happened. They're not going to have the celebrities who are behind a VIP rope, by the way, next to Corey Graves, and the chairs said Magos. Is it Magos? I don't know. It said the names of the people, almost as if it wasn't done intentionally other than for those people that wanted to, that had to see where their assigned seating was so that they didn't forget and sit in like a ring announcer's chair. Uh, but we did... Uh, of course, see them in the ring, victorious, holding up their hands, just flexing oddly on the top rope with Randy Orton and, and Riddle. I mean, it, it's, just, it's it's awkward. I, I don't know what Vince's fascination is with celebrities. I have no idea. And also, generally speaking, doesn't make the celebrities look like fools. But you knew the second that the celebrities, th- those rappers came out, that group, I really don't know, hip-hop group. I'll call them hip-hop group. Uh, that hip hop group. That's so sad. I can't remember their name. <laughs> it's just so bad. I, that tells you everything you need to know about my education on hip hop uh, music. But when they came out with Edge and Orton, or um, um, Orton and Riddle, I 
immediately said, yep, they're going to win the match because they're not going to want that group standing there sulking that they're inexplicably favorite group because why they came out with Edge and Orton, or <laughs> I keep saying Edge and Orton, Orton and Riddle made no sense, but you're not going to want that image being lost of everybody holding up hands and look how great. I mean, it's clearly just a an imagery thing. So you knew that Edge and uh, or Orton and Riddle. I don't know what the hell. We're talking about Edge next because my brain wants to apparently. Um, really good matchup, though, and I loved the setup for Riddle and Orton. That Riddle uh, pop-up that he did for Orton to hit the RKO is is really brilliant. I hope they come up with a name for the finish. And it was a beautiful RKO, as always. And uh, Montez Ford took the pinfall in what otherwise was a very good matchup. And um, I was a bit surprised here that we didn't get a small, at least a small break, the foundation of this team of Orton and Riddle. But we didn't. And it looks like they're stringing this out a little more. Maybe the merchandise sales are good. Maybe they don't know what else to do with the tag team championships. Maybe um, there's a better story to tell or all the above, right? Could be all the above. So anyway, good matchup. Uh, I I don't have a problem with the outcome. I just was wrong on it. I think this is the only one I got wrong other than Brock Lesnar. But nobody got Brock Lesnar's right. Okay, now that my brain wants to talk about it. Let's talk about Edge. Let's talk about Edge and Miz because I need to or I'll keep saying Edge and Orton. Edge and Miz. Good match. I mean, really good match. And you know a match is going to be long too, by the way, when you start with a collar and elbow tie-up. When you start with a collar and elbow tie-up and you like kind of tease it and do tests of strength and all that stuff, you know that you've been allotted like 20 minutes. <laughs> and they were. I mean, I don't have the exact time of the match, but it was long. But good. And credit to The Miz. Uh, I feel like my brain's going to explode saying those words together. But really, credit to The Miz. Maurice did her, uh, played her role very well, too. Uh, you know, the, some, of the, some of the spots were very believable with Maurice slapping edge and then hitting uh, Miz hitting the skull-crushing finale. You thought that was it. The announcers sold, sold it like it was. It was a fun time. But then you get Beth Phoenix, who comes out to even the odds. And stands there with her mean face, uh, a little, little over-emoted, but fine, and comes out to even the odds to chase Maurice back to the back, uh, and, and again, leveling the playing field for Miz to turn around and catch a spear for the Edge's victory of one, two, three. We all know what's coming next, and that is a tag team match between these two. That'll be fun. Royal Rumble, here we come. I think that that's good. I don't understand Edge's obsession with the brood thing, though. Suddenly, he's just decided to come back with it, and I don't know why. What, what? Why is Edge going back to the brood thing? I don't understand. I don't get it. I, I don't hate it. I just, I'm not following the logic other than he said, that Edge is dead. Well, if that Edge is dead, why is he come halfway up the ramp and then his music plays like normal? It's not dead. That's schizophrenic. He's He's got multiple personalities. <laughs> Uh, I, again, I'm not ranting. I, I'm not angry. I'm not disappointed or anything. I'm just confused. But it's it's fine. I, I won't. You know, that's not the hill I'm going to die on. I've got many other hills I would die on. That's not one of them. So um, one other thing I'll say about Liv Morgan, uh, because that was the next matchup here, if I was going in order, is that Liv Morgan makes you feel real emotion, and not just from the video package, 
But in her eyes and her reaction to the crowd, the crowd gave her a very positive reaction. You know, Liv, you could tell, was genuinely, um, genuinely appreciative of that reaction. You could see it in her eyes. She blew kisses to the crowd. Um, it was, it was real. You know, you've been around around wrestling long enough. You could, you know, generally what's real, what's not, what's been staged, what's been not, and. This was just a genuine emotion from Liv. You could see it in her face. Her emotions before the match were real. And uh, I, you know, that makes you feel for the character even more. So where do they go from here? I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. Because if that was a botched spot, how do they cover that? Because the botched spot should have been Becky with her feet on the ropes and Becky getting the victory after the manhandle slam. Then Liv has another gripe, but now she doesn't have a gripe because she lost clean. So what happens? What happens? I don't know. I don't know. But I hope it leads to Liv Morgan eventually taking the belt. Uh, I don't know if that's the case now. I have my doubts, I got to say. So I think that covers the entire pay-per-view. I know it's a much more abbreviated version than is a normal review show, but I wanted to get this out. It is now time for me to jump into bed. I mean, I'm just going to like tackle the bed and pass out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because if I don't, I won't get any sleep, and uh, sleep is a premium around here. It's like a premium live event around here for sleep. So, um, but I, here's the other thing I wanted to let you guys know. I don't know if I'm going to be doing a weekend review, given there was no real SmackDown, which is why we didn't have a Michael Ritter review, because it was just like a 2021 moments thing. So I don't know if I'm going to be doing a SmackDown or a, a weekend review this week, given that I already did a Monday Night Raw full review, I just reviewed the day one pay-per-view and there was no SmackDown. So with that said, um, very unlikely I'll be doing a show tomorrow for the first time in a long time with no week in review, but I'll be back Monday with a nostalgia. I'll be doing that from the vault version. Uh, I'll be pulling one that uh, maybe you haven't heard in a while or one you've never heard. And then on Tuesday, it'll be a brand new fresh episode of the Monday Night Raw review. Wednesday is the mailbag and so on. So Thank you, everybody, so much for your support. Consider giving us a five-star rating on Spotify. Yes, Spotify allows ratings now and Apple Podcasts. And everybody, thank you so much. Happy New Year. Take care. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.